Every Thursday, we'll be releasing a pair of interviews with some amazing nonprofits talking about their awesome impact in the communities they are in. We'll talk about some challenges they've faced and chat about their best tips and tricks that might just help your organization do good better. Hey, enjoy these mini episodes of inspiration that make a major difference in the lives of those served by these incredible nonprofits. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Hey, you busy fundraiser. Yeah, you. Listen, I know you're busy planning an event and you shouldn't have to worry about what software you're using for events and online giving and peer-to-peer fundraising and auctions and mobile bidding and text to give. It's all at one cause. OneCause.com. Listen, I've been using OneCause for a long time with clients all over. It's designed for busy fundraisers. It's intuitive. It's a powerful fundraising solution for your next event, and you should be using it. Go to OneCause.com. They're a sponsor of the show. They're amazing. They're awesome. And there's free resources galore at OneCause.com. Check them out today. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you've got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So... Contact Brady Marks to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. And of course, sometimes those uh, people that can help us do good better are actually organizers, founders, executive directors of small and medium-sized nonprofits. So one we got today, great, excited uh, to learn about a brand new uh, nonprofit that I didn't know about that I'm excited that you're going to learn with me. Welcome, uh, Sean Morrison. He's the uh, founder and executive director of Good in the Hood uh, out of Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. Sean, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you, Patrick. And it's great to be with you. And uh, just glad to have this opportunity to share with you about what we do every day. Uh, part of my mission is to find every organization with the term good in it. So uh, we're well on our way this week uh, already with the podcast. But for those who are scrolling through iTunes or Spotify or uh, uh, YouTube, and they're like, I like uh, the idea of this uh, nonprofit, but might not know enough. So, Sean, at a 5,000-foot view, who are you? What do you do and why we're talking today? Yeah, well, first of all, good in the hood. Uh, we were going to be good in the neighborhood, but Mr. Rogers had that. So we went with good in the hood. That's worked out well for us, but it's really to be good in the neighborhood, how to make communities 
continue to be better and to grow better. We really believe in intentional kindness. And so everything we do centers around that. Of course, there's random acts of kindness movements, and that's wonderful. Um, but what we're trying to do is sustainable uh, things that are kind, that engage others, and that really benefit the community ultimately. Outstanding. So what kind of programs, what kind of kindness, what sort of random acts are we talking about here? Yeah, well, some of our programs would be our food programs. Um, we have several pop-up programs throughout the Twin Cities. Um, we have a unique program called Shoe Away Hunger. It's where we collect shoes. We distribute those to uh, you know neighbors in need, including shelters and schools. And if they give a suggested donation, all that money pays for groceries for our food shelves. So that's Shoe Away Hunger. We have a really neat program called Soul Care for Souls. Uh, we do medical foot care for those that are experiencing homelessness. And uh, they have, you know, they're on their feet all the time and they have really severe foot issues. So we offer free medical foot care. We have holiday help programs. We have uh, another one called Good Indeed, where we mobilize volunteers to do things for the community that are practical uh, acts, uh, maybe a painting a house, helping uh, clean up a community, those kind of things. We do several other things, including winter coats, backpacks of school supplies and so forth. So um, there's always a great way to do good in a community and you just need to learn what's already happening that's good and then what are some of the needs that we can join that community in helping to fulfill. I love that. Uh, another another way would uh, be asking what you don't do because yeah. I think that's maybe a shorter list than what the <laughs> impact that you're actually making, which is great. Um, so with, with the amount of people that you get to be in contact with every day, the amount of people that you get to help every single day, um, that's got to be a really good feeling in the, uh, in the uh, bottom of your heart because it is not easy being a nonprofit leader, not easy being a founder, not easy doing this work every day. Is there a story in particular that you love to remind yourself that this is why we come to work every day to make impact uh, the way that we do. Yeah, well, I, I do. I have several, but I'll give you one that really touched me um, early in our, our, when we were just getting in the genesis of what we do, we would host community barbecues. And it was just to provide kindness in the inner city where there's so often just people are afraid there's drug deals going on down the corner. There's, of course, all kinds of prostitution happening within, you know, we see this stuff every day, litter all over the streets. And uh, we wanted to just put a spirit of kindness. So we'd offer community barbecues. We'd grill up some beef dogs and hamburgers and so forth. Well, a guy came to me. Now, I'm a pastor by background, so you have to know that too. So they always had me pray for people whenever there was a need. So I had a, what I call a prayer booth. Mm-hmm. Guy comes up to me and he goes, are you the one running this barbecue? Now, he's right in my face. And it kind of was, you know, loud and felt a little aggressive. And I was actually tempted to say, no, it's the guy down the street. But, but having said that, I go, yeah, I said, I'm helping out here. I said, what can we do for you? He said, well, today, he said, I was having such a bad day. He says, I was going to end my life. He said, and I was, I saw you were offering free food. He said, I thought I'm going to have my last meal and then just end it. He said, it's just been such a terrible day. And even my whole, my whole year has been bad. He said, but the guy who greeted me and he pointed him out, he goes, he greeted me with such warmth and kindness, and he smiled at me. He looked me in the eye. He asked for my name. He made me feel like a somebody rather than a nobody. And he said, he said I could get free food here and that you would pray for me. And he said, Pastor, he says, I don't need your prayers. He said, I, he said, when that man did that, he said, something changed inside of me and let me realize I still have a reason to live. And he walked away, and I was like, Patrick, I never realized how powerful a smile a greeting and treating people with significance could be. And that one really was that epiphany moment for me. 
It's always funny to me that I think we always have these big audacious goals with uh, nonprofit work. And we forget that it's those things that we probably pass on like, ah, insignificant, asking for somebody's name, yeah. um, asking how they are doing, not telling them what they need to hear, not doing like putting it back on them and acknowledging and just recognizing them as a person. Yeah. When we're doing some of this work, um, that's the turning point for a yeah. lot of, of individuals. It's not the big fancy bells and whistles and things you do. It's little things. And, uh, and that's pretty awesome. Um, this has got to be challenging work. You're working in the middle of um, really a city that is, for years now, have been really on edge. And a lot of people are not taking the time to go in and sort of ask those questions or do those things. It's like, you know, keep it out. We're going to be in the suburbs. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to address it kind of thing. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you are facing as, a, as an organization? And how are you trying to overcome it with those situations? as they are. Yeah, well, great question. And, you know, I think the one thing I'll start with just in a little bit more philosophical is how to not just merely be in the city, but mm. before the city. And to do that, that requires a little bit more personal touch. And we can't be everywhere. So we have to find ways to recruit volunteers that really believe in our mission, believe in our actions, our behaviors, um, have the same culture that we do, um, so that they can, you know, we don't want to be known as bad in the hood or even mediocre in the hood. We want to be good in the hood. So that takes keeping that bar high. So one of the biggest challenges is, of course, when people are downcast and they're downtrodden, they're feeling overwhelmed, um, they lose their, their ability to see forward. Um, they see in the moment. And so we want to plant vision in people of hope, of kindness, and we need volunteers to do that. So recruiting them is always a challenge because particularly with COVID, and even some of the tragedy we had with George Floyd, people were afraid to get out. People were afraid to go and do things. People were afraid to be in close contact with one another. Yet there is such a need for that. So what we did is we, of course, did a big, I'll, I'll call it campaign on trying to find volunteers that would want to join us. And then we had to pivot from um, in the past, for example, we would have people come into a facility and get groceries. We had to learn to do curbside deliveries. Mm. And we had to do um, those in a way that still you know, had that personal touch. And during that time, um, when many were circling the wagons, wondering if they would have enough support, particularly nonprofits, they were going, will we have the support we need that is sustainable? We felt like we need to be mission-centric. We need to continue growing. People support what is doing good, what is growing, and what is doing that which is right. And so we grew our food programs. I think we had something like 18 food programs. Now we have 32. And uh, these are pop-up programs where we take them to schools, churches, um, YMCAs, Section 8 homes or apartments, and we set up for a day. Um, we you know, have the groceries delivered, set up, distribute, clean up in about four to six hours. And it provides a week's worth of groceries for everyone. And so for us, we just decided to do more good rather than trying to circle the wagons. That was a key. It's a philosophy and it's a commitment. And uh, we said, we're not going to go in debt, but we're going to do good and trust that the community will get around us and in and, and both volunteerism and support. And it certainly did. It's a little side bonus question because I'm mm -hmm. curious about it is if you've got really great people that would be really great to help out but their initial reaction is, oh, man, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. Or I don't know if I have any sort of uh, um, uh, relatability to even to yeah. be around this type of basic needs sort of like, you know, experience. Yeah. 
because I think there's a little bit of fear and, and a little bit yeah. of misunderstanding that comes along with it. What do you say to individuals who don't know if they could do the work that is needed to yeah. be done um, for good in the hood? Yeah, excellent question. Um, when we created this um, back in 2003, one of the goals was that we would not just have an organization that could uh, empower those that are highly gifted. To uh, We want highly gifted people, but we want anybody who had a willing heart. That was the key component. And so, but we had to do that. You don't lead with compassion um, because compassion bleeds out. You need to have compassion, but you need to lead with wisdom. So we got focus groups together. We had, we, we got good thinkers in place, uh, people that would really understand what it takes to, to get a nonprofit going. And we recruit volunteers um, so that they understand they're part of a team. What, what I mean by that is, as to your point, maybe somebody doesn't feel they're really called or really good at being in the city, but can they volunteer and be a part of a bigger, a bigger plan? And so we define our volunteerism, and then we show people how they're able to be a part of something bigger than themselves and how, they, how their contribution matters. That's a big deal. An example, go back to that barbecue. Not everybody could be that greeter. Not everybody could be that person that is happy and an extrovert. Some people are shy and are introverts, but they can maybe they can cook the, the food on the grill. And yeah. that alone makes that event happen without that grill happening or that person cooking, that whole event doesn't take place. So we really help people to see how their individual skill and their willingness can be leveraged for good in a context of a team. I love it. I so appreciate that answer. That's really great. And as a founder and as a doer and as a boots on the ground executive director, which is always the, those are the kind of executive directors we like talking to, uh, to on the on the show, is you've got to have a tip or a trick or something that you've learned over the last number of years that have just sort of like, you know what, this might be helpful to another nonprofit leader that might be doing the same thing or something drastically different, but help them get wrap their head around fundraising, leadership, et cetera. Is there a tip or a trick that you'd love to share with our yeah. nonprofit listeners today? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, first of all, you got to roll up your sleeves. You know, <laughs> you got to be involved. Oh. Um, I would say the number one thing that has helped me, um, and I, I made a commitment to do this early on, was to ask advice, ask for advice, mm -hmm. uh, be guilty of asking for it too often. Um, most of us, we go into this and we go, I know what I'm supposed to do. And there's so often, Patrick, I thought I knew what I was asking advice for. And then I learned that I got way more than I ever expected. Number two, I also got a person who was loyal to us now, somebody that became a part of our mission. Because when you ask somebody for advice, very frequently, you're, you're telling them that you're significant to me. What you have to offer is significant. And when you give significance to everyone, um, people feel um, more whole as a person and they want to engage. And so what you end up getting, you know, probably was not even part of my plan was not only great advice and great wisdom. You got uh, somebody that was also going to be a wonderful stakeholder in our organization. Um, and that leads to when you do the right thing over and over again and you give people significance and dignity, um, the funds follow. Um, that It's almost like the funds are rolling downhill with the wind at the back rather than uphill with the wind in our face. It just, it just it flows a lot better. And, and that doesn't mean we don't have to work hard, but that is a key thing I found to be true. I, um, I love it so much because we align so well with that general sense of curiosity, authentic curiosity of I'd love to know your thoughts about this. And there's the old adage that we've said on the show a number of times. If you want, say, if you ask for money, be prepared to get some advice. Yeah. If you want money, ask for 
advice, right? So this you, this idea that like, hey, I'd love to give this, and then how else can I help? Usually yeah. follows when you are genuinely curious yep. about people's um, perspective. Uh, I love it, and there's probably people listening right here that love it too, but they don't know how to give you the boatload of money that they're probably sitting on, or want to share everything that you're doing. So how on earth do we go and find the good in the hood? And how do we find you to help out? Yeah, well, first of all, go to our website, goodinthehood.org. That's goodinthehood.org. And there's, of course, a web that tells all about what we're doing. There's ways to donate. One of the ways we've made it simple for people is we call it a 10 for one. $10 feeds four people for one week. We're large enough now and we have a base of, you know, where we can procure food at such a reasonable cost. We can feed one person for a week for two and a half dollars. People really resonate when you do the most good and have the least amount of waste. Mm -hmm. And so uh, everything we do, we measure it by how many touch points we have, um, how much waste, you know, and what's the gain or the opportunity. Um, We're always looking for, you know, a lot of people like to own buildings. We would rather have a building. If we're going to own it, it has to be fully optimized. Otherwise, we just want to be building. We don't want to be building dependent. We want to be facility supported. And I think those are ways to we think about things is how do we do the most good by biasing towards the front line of where the need is. And, uh, and so the dollar gets well used. People really resonate with that. They resonate with the vision. They resonate with dollars that are well used. And they resonate when it's easy to give. There's a platform that makes sense to them. And that's what we do. I love it. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who check that out. And if you're a nonprofit leader and you're curious about how that's done in the best practices sort of way, Sean just gave you a crash course on uh, trying to tell your story one-on-one is make it easy and practical and impactful. And then laying out your ask very clearly and giving an example of where your dollar goes. So brilliant. Go rip off and duplicate Sean because what he's doing is excellent work over there. Sean, thanks so much for what you do. Um, It's not for everybody. Um, and it should be uh, it should be really a shining light on just an amazing amount of work that you're doing uh, in the Twin Cities. So thank you for that. Also, thanks for being a guest on the official Duga Better podcast. Everybody who's listening, wrap up the show. Go click on the links below. Also, while you're clicking on the internet, go and like and share this uh, this uh, podcast too. This is the kind of guest we get uh, here. So give that five-star review for five-star guests, exactly like Sean. And then go immediately back uh, to uh, Goodhood and go donate time, talent, or treasure. Sean, thanks so much for being a guest. Thanks for your perspective. Thanks for your uh, enthusiasm. And thanks so much for what uh, you do, my friend. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I just tell people, you may not run good in the hood, but you can be the good in your own hood. And uh, my goal is let's create a contagious momentum of kindness in the community. Done and done. Uh, Appreciate you, my friend. And uh, thanks so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Listen, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you go to dogooduniversity.com, that's dogooduniversity.com, and you register for one of the courses, I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesomer, a practical guide to staying sane while doing good for free, because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, Use the promo code podcast. Take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well because I want you to do awesome. 
I want you to do awesomer, and I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today.